and welcome to this episode. I'm your host, Rod Jones. In this series, I'll be bringing you news, views and interviews about the trends, the tactics, the techniques and the technologies of CX, contact centres and the broader BPO sector. This series is made possible by the generous support of Colby Speech Analytics. In this session, it's my great pleasure to interview and have a chat with Clint Fausler, the entrepreneur, the founder, the driver, the motivator of uh, Ask Oscar. And in this interview, you'll hear about Clint's personal journey and uh, where he is going as a visionary leader and taking this business onwards and upwards. I'm certain that you'll enjoy this interview with a young, dynamic entrepreneur who's making huge impact in the BPO space down in the Western Cape. Did you start, when did you start Ask Oscar? Well, Ask Oscar started in 2013, uh, Rod. As far back as that. Okay, excellent. Absolutely. A bit of, but before we go into Ask Oscar, let's, let's look at where you've come from and your origins and how you got into this industry. Then let's explore the, the baby that you built and are growing today. Yeah. Well, firstly, thank you so much for inviting me on your show. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, I started in retail post um, not finishing what I started at university. I was at UCT for BSc Mechanical Engineering and also then BCom Accounting. That didn't go down well. Um, so I went into retail. I was uh, working for Truewords. I was working for Uzi, um, some retail brands um, within uh, the Cavendish Square shopping mall. And then I saw an advert for a call center consultant at a company called Home Choice. Ah, Captive yes. contact center been here in for a Cape long, Town. Long yeah, time, yeah. Very long mm -hmm. time. Rick Garrett, Rick Garrett's company uh, back in the day. And um, I, 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 I took that, uh, I applied, I got the interview, I was successful, I took up that role. So I was doing outbound telemarketing for the first time back in 1998, I think it was. It's a very long time ago now. Keep probably giving away my age here. But, hey, yes, um, uh... <laughs> I I took to it. I'd like to say like a duck to water. Um, I was very natural on the phone. I loved having conversations. I loved building rapport, having a little chat with um, um, housewives at home, which was the predominant target market, target audience. And um, I did that for two years. And then another opportunity presented itself to take international calls at a company called the Dialogue Group all the way in 2003. And you should oh, know the company. I remember really well. the Dialogue Group yeah. down on the foreshore there. That was one absolutely. of the pioneers yeah. of BPO in South Africa. Oh, absolutely. Excellent. I was there. I started uh, with them when we were 30 people on one floor at that foreshore building. Those were the days of calling the Cape Rod. You, you, mm, you will know it I well. I remember too. them very well, yes. Yes, uh, Luke Mills and, and the gang. And um, in 2003, I was on an inbound campaign, much similar to Home Choice. And that's probably why I think I got the job is um, UK customers, um, probably pensioners, um, would get a catalog at home in the mail and then they would call in and place orders for it was mostly garden furniture right <laughs> and uh, i could tell you now we probably only got about five calls a shift but when we got a call 
I mean, I know today we measure average handling time so we can take as many calls as possible. But talking to a pensioner in the UK about gardening furniture, although we only got five calls, probably had a talk time about three hours plus because that conversation could go on and on and on about the color scheme, the material, the fabric, you name it, what it would match with with the existing furniture Ooh. in the home. It was great, but it was a really good introduction to an international market speaking to UK callers, understanding the UK culture, the accents, and all of that. Well, that started in 2003. And then everything just took off from there because we had these two investors who had come in from the UK and said they could basically tell you what's going to happen in Cape Town, South Africa for the next 10 years because they had already got the T-shirt in the UK because that call center boom took place already. They've been through it and they know it's going to come to South Africa, to Cape Town. And they predicted the future, and that is exactly what happened. So for the next mm -hmm. nine, eight to ten years at the Dialogue Group, before it shut its doors, um, we grew to 2,000-plus seats across Johannesburg and Durban, including Cape Town. Um, out did uh, BPO work for a number of global and local brands, including British American uh, Tobacco, um, um, <clears throat> Admiral in the UK, Capital One in the US, you name it, we did work on behalf of those global brands all over the world. And it was at the Dialogue Group that I believe I finally completed my tertiary education, okay. if you know what I mean. Yeah, Early on, I alluded to me not finishing at UCT, finishing my degrees, but then my call center degree. PhD, if you can call it that. Well, no, yeah. I'll not go as far as PhD. PhDs, no. I'll leave for you, right? But an, an MBA in the call center. Yeah, probably just an yeah, MBA, yeah. but the PhDs, yeah. i leave for you. But probably just completed my MBA at the Dialogue Group at the time. So I learned from amazing individuals like David Drew, Jason Drew, Mark Spenlove, Adele Smith, Clutty, Leon de Yaga, Justine Webb, just to name but a few. Um, apologies if I've left out anybody's well. names. Yeah. Yes. And so I learned from these individuals. That was Those were my uh, professors in the industry. And everyone around me, including my colleagues, um, I, I, I used them to, uh, you know, observe leadership styles. And back then, I always say to my guys in the call center today, you guys are so blessed. You can, you can even just type, go into the search bar on TikTok to find out about how to be an effective contact center consultant today. And you can get your answer in a minute. Whereas I had to read through probably six chapters before I'd get to chapter seven to get the answer to what I needed to do to uh, improve performance in my contact center. Well, you know, it, it takes me back to that adage of you, you stood on the shoulders of giants. Um, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, it's interesting you should mention some of those names. And in fact, I think I've got on a mission to try and track some of those uh, pioneers down because yeah you're quite right the phenomenal growth of our industries since oh, 2000 plus where we're now looking at 120 130 000 bpo agents it, it all started in that crucible of the western cape under calling the cape driven yeah. by people like luke mills and uh, jason drew and Yes. Yep. Excellent. Well, again, I'm fascinated by this. I didn't know about your, your origins in there. So pick it up from there. Yeah, and I think that's where I learned uh, most of my trade. I mean, I, and this is, this, I got the opportunity the first, for the first time to travel overseas and attend a contact center expo or call center expo, as it was called back then. 
And I got sent to the UK in 2004 um, by the Dialogue Group to represent the Dialogue, to try and sell the city, sell the country, sell the BPO. And I remember walking around on that uh, expo floor, trying to bring people to our stand to tell them about Cape Town and our people. And I always get the question, where's that accent from? You know, and I said, well, it's, it's, it's from Cape Town, South Africa. And people were fascinated as they came towards our stand and learned about our people and our culture and the talent we had on, off, on offer on show. I mean, we had call recordings there. We had videos there. I think it was a really good sort of platform springboard for, 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 for me, um, but also for the international market to get to know uh, Cape Town and South Africa. That's all the way back then. And so that's basically where I got my contact center education from. Yes, from there, when Dialog closed its doors, um, uh, I moved on to captive contact centers like RCS, a BPO infusion outsourcing services, which is now WNS today. That's I set up you. the outbound yeah. division there. Um, and RCS, I ran the outbound division. My, my experience predominantly comes from outbound. I mean, um, I used to be the go-to person if we needed to get our numbers up. Um, if we needed to launch a brand new project that's coming from overseas in the outbound space in the organization, in the BPO organization. But it was when I was at RCS that um, that was about 2011, 2012, that I thought about Ask Oscar. Now, Ask Oscar wasn't originally designed to be a BPO rod. My brainchild was for it to originally for was for it to originally be an online sales coaching application or service coaching application. That's what the acronym OSCA stands for. Ask the online sales or service coaching application. So this was the decade where chat platforms started sort of coming into play. Online chat platforms, real time or ticket logging systems. And I created uh, with the help of uh, a, a web design company. I think the company was called Think Tank at the time in Johannesburg. We, I wanted to create this this online coaching platform because what I noticed in uh, the call center space as I progressed up the corporate ladder is that as soon as you became a leader in the organization, you spent the majority of your time in that boardroom and meetings, isn't it, Rod? Talking about, planning about, strategizing about. And that would mean that your call center consultants who were fielding calls, either taking or making, would be alone for a large part of the day on their own. Obviously, this was post-training and all of that, but they'd be alone for a, a large period of the day. And so I believe that I uh, designed and cottoned on to something where if there was no leader, manager or coach around, they could just ask Oscar for help. Ask the online so sales the coaching application. Okay, yes, that's the origin. Absolutely. And um, they could then uh, ask a question in real time and a coach in the back end would get back to them. I've got an irate customer. How do I placate them, please? You know, and they'd get a response. Um, I've got, I, I keep getting these difficult objections in all of my sales calls. How do I come up with a more effective rebuttal than just using ABC and someone in the back in real time would get back to them? And so I got close at direct access at one stage. I got close at selling it to Woolworths at one stage. The commercial model was uh, pay a rental fee per user license per month. 
but nobody uh, wanted to, 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 to put it in the organization, although they thought it was a great idea. But they just believed that who they have in the organization, team leaders or management, should be able to do the coaching in the organization yeah. for their consultants, which which was hard for me to sort of rebuttal, right? Being in the industry myself. Um, but I also knew what was happening and therefore I thought there was definitely a gap here. But anyways, so that didn't take off. And so when it didn't take off, Rod, and this is something that I, hopefully, hopefully this message gets through to your listeners who have just started out in the contact center space, call center agent level, earning an entry level, level salary and thinking, yeah, this is good for now, but I don't think call centers offer me in the future. Well, ask Oscar then. The BPO division started because I reached out to one of my clients who, whose team I had run in the back end of 2003, which was my first team leader gig, by the way, at the Dialogue Group in the UK. I reached out to her and I said, I'm starting my own BPO. You know what I've done for you in the past. You know I'm results orientated. Do you have seats available for me? And she said, yes. She gave me four seats calling into the USA market, and that's the birth of Ask Oscar BPO. And now, what, what year was that, um, Clint? 2013. 2013. Okay. We took our first calls, 24 June 2013. This was after a year of trying to sell the coaching platform. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Well, hope, hopefully you haven't, uh, you've just got your coaching platform sitting in the wings on ice because there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. Absolutely. Very good. Absolutely, Rod. And so why that's just going back to the origins of Ask Ask and why that's important is throughout my journey at the Dialogue Group, this was obviously what I said to, I said to myself, you've got to forge a career for yourself in this industry now, pal. You've, you, you flunked in BSE Mechanical Engineering, you flunked in BCom Accounting, what next? Your birth is not going to give you another bursary. <laughs> you can't switch up now. If you switch up to anything, it's not going to be what you really wanted to do in the first place. So what are you going to do? I meant with intent to build relationships with not only my internal clients, which were, you know, um, the people I worked with, my colleagues, mm -hmm. but also with my external clients, Dialogues clients. I made sure that when they interacted with me, they had a friend or partner for life because of the work I delivered with my team to achieve their objectives. That was key for me to add value to them as a client, not just for dialogue, but for me to be seen as working for them as well. Yeah. To have their mm -hmm. business interests at heart, not just dialogue's business interests at heart. And I made sure my team understood this as well because it would only work if we're all aligned. It wasn't just something that I had for myself, a goal that I had for myself. I needed my team to be on the same page as well. I even said to my team, hey, you never know. One day, if you visit the UK or if you want to venture off overseas, you could work directly for these people, right? So it was important for us to build that kind of relationship with all of our clients throughout my journey in the contact center space, in the BPO space. And this is what led me to call on that relationship and that credibility built over the years to start my own BPO, if you've obviously learned the right things, built up the right credibility, and therefore it was possible to launch Ask Oscar, the BPO division. That's the origin in a that's nutshell. A, that's a lovely story. Um, 
So that was around 2013. And mm -hmm. um, you, how many agents did you originally start with? And what's your scale at the moment out of interest? Yeah, we started with four. And at the moment, we're 128. And that's mm. it's been a 10-year journey. Mm. And uh, you have that, that critical mass, I'm sure, now over that Absolutely. magical 100 seats uh, plus. Um, and, yeah. Your book. Tell me, tell <laughs> me about your book and what gave rise to it. And just give us a high level uh, about what it is all about. My mantra has always been super fired up and focused throughout my contact center journey. Super fired up and focused. Why super fired up and focused and not fired up and focused? Well, because everybody's vying for the same spot. Every Everybody's vying for that same goal, right? But you need to be different. You need to level up. You need to have that something extra if you want to get to that level that everybody's mm -hmm. fighting for. So I believe we need to be super fired up and focused and not just fired up and focused. But the book is about my journey from agent, call center agent to CEO of my own business. It's basically letting everybody know that where you are now is not where you'll be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now if you remain super fired up and focused, if you add value, if you um, advance your skills in whichever industry you're in, but specifically call center. For these guys to understand that you can forge a career for yourself after failures, wherever that may be, as it was for me, whatever that may be in the workspace, um, tertiary education that you couldn't complete, any setbacks you've had growing up as a kid, as a teenager, etc., as a young adult, when you get into the contact center space, the opportunities are endless. And I wanted to make sure that my point, my points were clear in my book for the youth of Cape Town and the youth of South Africa, and particularly for the for for the the young uh, colored uh, boy or girl in my communities in my society in Cape Town, right? Which is which is something that obviously um, needs to. Uh, Needs, needs to take place, needs to happen. And I thought I needed to be that voice because there are not many out there. So Super Fired Up and Focus is a book for youth to let them know that it doesn't matter what's taken place, but if you invest in yourself and if you take accountability for where you are in your life and if you set the right kind of goals and targets to achieve uh, or progress in your life, achieve the goals you want for yourself in life, it is absolutely possible because a little boy like myself who's come from portland's mitchell's plain and then grossy park cape town is now living in 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 constantia after a 10-year journey of really hard graft but not even a 10-year journey it all it's all started back in 1998 rod yeah. so it's 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 a long journey but if you put in the effort you can make that happen so the book is for youth to show them that they can progress no matter what stay with the book for now because uh when was it first published uh, and how can one get hold of it? Is it online? Is it an yeah. ebook? Is it on the shelves? Uh, it's, 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 you know, based, based on just our little discussion here, and I, I hate to admit I haven't read your book. Um, no, but, I'll send you. you know, surely the objective here must be to spread it far and wide because um, you're the epitome of that journey of. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I tried. And so the book was published in 2018 uh, by a company called Reach Publishers. Uh, I think they're out in Durban. Um, December 2018. And it can be uh, a, a copy can be acquired uh, on takealot.com via takealot.com mm -hmm. or amazon.com. It's a, 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 a paperback book. Uh, but obviously you can get the uh, e-version via Kindle, etc. 
Uh, it's not a not a long read because it's. Uh, I, I mean, I'm only 44, right? The journey's not that long yet. I've still got God willing, many more years and decades to go. Mm-hmm. God willing, I want to be as blessed as you in this industry. So, um, that's where the book can be acquired. And one of my goals, and I've reached out to a few call centers. I mean, Brandon Aitken of WebHub, he came to my book launch and bought 50 copies. And I'm sure he spread that across to all of his agents in his contact center back in about a few years ago now at the launch when the launch took place in 2018. My goal was for every call center agent to own a copy. I wanted everybody in the BPO space, all operators, to purchase a copy for their staff, for their agents. I haven't really dug into that to, 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 to get that out there. I've done a lot of marketing online and so on, but I, I, I know it'll make a world of difference to any of their call center agents reading that. It'll inspire them potentially, and it'll make a world of difference to. Uh, well, I think let's pick up on that because what I'll certainly do is put some links into the description on when we publish um, this particular episode. But uh, I think let's go offline later and discuss how perhaps we can push that into a much broader circulation. Appreciate but, uh, that takes us into another, I think, fascinating aspect of our industry. Um, it's a big term, but. Uh, simple term with a big implications impact sourcing and and so when you know i hear your story of you know going up in mitchell's plane and to where you are now in constantia is this not the epitome of impact sourcing you've had an impact on not only your own life but on your community and so your views on impact sourcing i know in some instances it's a buzzword um, mm-hmm. I'm finding from my engagement, particularly in the UK, that this SEG and impact sourcing has become as much as a third of the decision making on BPO in some yeah. in some quarters. Um, and I predict that that will grow quite significantly. So uh, with your 120 plus agents there, uh, what's your view on it and what are you doing to drive that model? Interesting you raised that, Rod. Um, I was at the launch of the BPO Sunday School yesterday uh, in Cape Town. Alderman James Foss was there. Clayton uh, from um, the Cape BPO was there. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about impact sourcing and how impact sourcing, that buzzword, is used more of a, a marketing tool these days by many, many operators. Now, here's what we've done in Ask Oscar. We're 128 staff now. And... In 2013, when we launched Ask Oscar's BPO division, we were in Bree Street, Cape Town for a year. Throughout that year, as we grew, the landlord kept seeing that and he kept pushing up the rental price. Obviously, it was hurting my bottom line. I said to the wife, listen, look, um, if we're going to make this business work, we need to turn one of our homes in the Grossi Park, Cape Flats area into an open plan contact center space. Now, everybody listening to this will go, what? A house into a call center in the Cape Flats BPO area? What is that about? I mean, won't you worry that all the pieces or equipment will be stolen the next evening? No. So, and actually stumbled upon that strategy, uh, which led to I, what I think is real impact sourcing. Now, if we want to help reduce the unemployment rate in this country, we have to start one community at a time. Now, yes, people will talk to me about, obviously, the population per capita size in the various regions within the Cape Flats. But we basically have now two call centers, two buildings built in the Cape Flats Grossi Park area. And all 128 of them come from in and around the Cape Flats area, in and around those areas. Most of them walk to work, Rod. 
or it's just one short taxi ride away. Now, what does that do for the individual? Number one, it gives them with more time with their family and loved ones, friends. Because now the commute is so short to work that they're only really spending those eight to nine hours at work. But if the commute to town takes an hour both ways, that's two hours extra away from family and friends. The other thing it does for Ask Oscar and the impact sourcing model is that market-related salary that we pay, which is probably aligned with what they pay at the bigger vendors in town or in, in the CBD, etc., is that their disposable income is now higher because their traveling cost, or transport transportation costs, costs are way lower. That's yeah. it. Now, we're um, taking on board youngsters from the age of 18 to 25 years old with absolutely zero experience. They've just matriculated. And we're providing them with all the skills in partnership with uh, the city of Cape Town, Cape BPO, and the Western Cape government, of course, and with training providers such as BPO Skills Academy. And we're providing them with all the right skills. Their first call they take in the contact center industry, in their call center careers, is to the UK, to Germany, to France, to Spain, to the USA, to Singapore. It's not a domestic call. It's not even the same as my journey back in the day where my first call was to somebody in Johannesburg or Durban locally, domestically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if your first experience is speaking to not only a customer abroad, but a high-level decision-maker abroad, so a CTO, a chief technology officer, chief financial officer, an IT director, a CEO, this opens their mind up to what's out there, what... um, what sort of um, um, they, they, they have conversations about software as a service, hardware as a service, technical conversations with these high level individuals. And so it's not a full on sale. I play in the demand gen and lead generation space. Mm-hmm. So we qualify these customers and profile these customers and try and find a need to pass on to the account executive who sits internationally abroad. And then he or she then um, follows up on a transactional call where well, a deal I- can be done. Now, I can see that the amazing impact that this must have on an 18, 20 year old who, in terms of a belief in self, if you can engage yes. with a, a senior executive, then they must surely grow wings and fly. But uh, that opens up your business model, lead generation. You, you seem to have focused on that quite extensively. Am I correct? Yes, you're Because quite that, right, that right. has got to be one of the most difficult nuts to crack other than outbound telemarketing financial services and collections Uh, absolutely rob you're quite right i focused on this niche market it was the first account i ran in 2003 with this client i alluded to earlier who gave me my first four seats when i started the ask oscar bpo division right and back then it was a subscription-based model people had to subscribe to content uh, related to it finance hr etc you'd get content that you would review read it's basically um, electronic advertising right mm-hmm. but it's evolved ever since then so um it's a niche market it's very difficult but we deal with international clients only i haven't focused on anything local for lead generation and so we deal with international data providers we build up our own database where we're, we're a first party data provider. So people opt in to content that we provide them. 
Um, we generate leads digitally or via telemarketing. There are many different types of lead in that marketing funnel, uh, top to bottom. <clears throat> bottom of the funnel being key leads that can potentially generate business, people who are ready to buy, and top of the funnel stuff being um, leads that create brand awareness. So all the way from marketing qualified leads to sales qualified leads, from top to bottom and everything in the middle, bands even, uh, band leads are customers who have a budget, um, who authorize, who have a need for a certain product or service and uh, uh, have a project that'll take place within a certain time frame. Those type of leads, we generate either digitally or via telemarketing using amazing applications and tools that you can get online. And then our guys and our teams will qualify those leads make sure that it is actually Rod Jones, that he is actually interested, that he does hold that job title, that he is working for that organization, that he does have a LinkedIn profile, that he's active on that LinkedIn profile. And then those leads get sent via um, either uh, um, software platforms or uh, in other means to our clients who, who, sit, who sit abroad. Uh, but I predominantly work with agencies abroad, so not directly with a company such as Dell or IBM um, or Apple. So I work via the agencies and then those agencies then pass those leads on to their end clients who are then the Dalds of this world, the IBMs of this world, etc. And so we get paid the two commercial models, either cost per lead model or cost per seat model. Um, and as you know, in this business, if you're not generating any sales on a cost per lead model, you're not making any money. Tell me um, about it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I haven't ventured into the, the, the customer experience um, world of BPO. Uh, in within my business for a very long time. I've had a couple of accounts, local accounts, where we focused on that Lion of Africa being one of them. Um, um, but um, Fred Robertson's uh, company. But um, it, the, I, I focused on it because I have an end goal, Ron. My end goal is to be acquired by one of these agencies who sit internationally abroad. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. And if this happens, Ask Oscar goes to the next level. Our mission and our vision is to take us to 1,000 seats to really help reduce the unemployment rate in our communities. And when we get to 1,000 seats, those individuals, that are, those 128 individuals that have been with Ask Oscar, they now have access to even more opportunities. Because being a single director, sole director in a business where I'm running for 10 years, um, to get to the next level, we need a lot of financial muscle, a lot of investment. Mm -hmm. to create more opportunities for the guys in my organization, just like I had and I received from the David Drews and Jason Drews of this world many, many years ago. That's what needs to take place. Um, so that's my end goal, and that's why I've particularly focused on that market. Um, and so hopefully one of those goals and objectives of mine is achieved pretty soon. Wow, it's a... Incredible journey and exciting journey too. But uh, now, from from here to the thousand, um, one of my missions in life is to look at and understand what are the key drivers to maintain this growth that our industry has had um, across the last 10, 15 years, up to our hundred thousand and onwards and upwards towards this vaunted goal of five hundred thousand. So, as an industry, just top of mind, what do you think that we collectively should do outside of what the fine work that organizations like KPPO mm, mm. are doing yep. out there. Uh, what else can we do? And you might Rod, have seen my, my little sub brand, bring BPO to SA. I'm on a yes. mission to do whatever I can to support organizations 
both yes. the associations and individual yes. companies uh, to bring that about. But um, what, Rod, what, what's your yeah. magic wand? What needs to Rod. be done to drive you to a thousand seats? Rod, I'm so passionate about this and I'm glad you raised that. And uh, yes, you being a South African ambassador, bring BPO to SA, that is definitely key. Um, but I mean, that's been that's always been happening, right? And someone like yourself doing it just elevates the status of that mission. But what we need to do now, and I firmly believe this, is the same thing that we needed to do back when I was uh, in uh, uh, climbing up the corporate ladder in the BPO space. It's still the same, right? We need to invest in middle management, skills development for middle management. Rod, when you start out, I mean, if the reason I grew in this industry, fell in love with this industry, stayed in this industry, and that's how you get staff, uh, good staff retention rates, et cetera, et cetera, is because I had great leaders to learn from, to feed off. It inspired me to go that one level better all of the time, to be super fired up and focused. I don't believe our agents get that today. So in, investing in middle management means the right skills. I mean, I, so often, and I make the mistake in my own business as well, we promote somebody to a team leader role who is just really good on the phones. Yep. Well, right. you, can't, you can't train or buy experience. You've got to earn Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Right. And this is what I think we need to invest in, skills for middle management. So often, uh, clients tell me, Clint, you know, um, if we uh, if we continue this campaign with you or if we grow this campaign with you, it's because of you and your experience. But Clint, when you step away, I don't think I'll be able to trust whoever else is managing it. Mm, right. Yeah. And what does that say? That's always said to me that we we need to be investing more in our middle management. And so. Um, it's skills development and middle management. It's having, uh, it's giving our international, uh, our potential international clients, our international counterparts, the faith and uh, the faith uh, that our, uh, all of our people are of the same standard and if not better than middle management or senior management abroad. On that question, I've been looking at the rate of um advancement from entry-level agent to team leader. Mm -hmm. If I look at the UK stats and American stats, it appears to be, I'm sure there are no averages there, but uh, a sort of a three to five year between entry-level agent to achieving team leader status. And yet I'm seeing cases here in South Africa where it's 18 months, bang, you're a team leader. But thrown, into, shorter the, than that. thrown into the deep end with very little a experience b support training etc oh. how do we how do we overcome that as a challenge because you know we, we can bring in hundreds of thousands of jobs hopefully or, or contracts but if we can't support them and we start losing that high quality high value edge yeah. Um, yeah. then our value proposition starts wobbling rod even sooner than 18 months i mean if if, if a big bpo vendor get lands a new client tomorrow and they need to grow quickly. They're going to take existing people with experience on the phones who know how their business works, et cetera, and they're gonna put them into team leader roles to look after these new staff coming in, right? Mm. It's okay to, to promote quickly in six months, three months, whatever the case may be. Hey, I got promoted in six months time, but what are we doing at the onset of when that agent started in the business? So people like Rod has gotta be delivering leadership training content on day one 
when an agent starts his agent role in the organization to learn product systems and how to be a really good agent in the call center. Because it doesn't matter if you, you can't just get the training once you get the title, right? You've got to, number one, be a leader even though you don't, you don't hold the role or the title yet, right? So that's got to be understood and learned in induction, in training, before they start with the organization. They've got to get leadership training content before they hit the leadership role. And then what are they witnessing and observing throughout their journey? From the first day they hit their phones, what are they witnessing and observing from their leader? Are they just seeing a leader that says, guys, take calls. Guys, your rep time's too high. Guys, um, uh, reduce your average ending time, right? Or are they having guys explaining what it is, what the impact is, and all those things, right? There's loads of mechanics that goes into a leadership role. It's not just about motivating and giving and hyping your people up and coming up with really good gamification in the call center to make things fun at work. It goes way deeper than that. So you've got to instill a really good leadership, uh, a really good leadership program for your guys. Well, when they don't hold the leadership title, when those positions uh, aren't available to apply for. That's a fundamental point. And now, in your own organisation, um, what is the progression or the growth from entry level? Have you got? I'm sure you've got team leaders, supervisors, QAs yep. that have grown out of that. What's your strategy there in developing those people? Is it exactly as you've explained here, where you in, inculcate those talents, those skills from day one? So, Expand so on from that. yeah, so from day so from day one, my guys have access to LinkedIn Learning. The business takes it out for everybody, Rob. LinkedIn Learning is an amazing tool for you to go and learn online, do video courses on whatever field you want to, and. Predominantly the one you're busy with, uh, whether it be demand generation, lead generation, leadership within a contact center and all that jazz. So that's what they get on day one. So they've got to do those courses and they've got to uh, print out those certificates, certificates and we add it to their file and to their records. But I take them through uh, a leadership principle that I believe in uh, since, 2000, since 2004, about a year into my team leader journey at the Dialogue Group. It's called the KID principle and the KID squared principle. The KID principle stands for, it's an acronym that stands for control, influence, and deliver. You've got to be in control as a leader. And what does being in control mean? You know, you've got to have all your stats available. What are my objectives? How much data do I have available for my guys to call? You know, um, how many bums do I have on the seats? All of that information before you can go and make an informed decision. That's when you're in control. So not control and you've got to micromanage anything, everything and everybody. Control as in, do I have all the tools to achieve my objectives, right? And once I know what they are, and once I know have that all that information, I can then go and influence the outcome. And what do I mean by influence the outcome, which is the I in CID? It's by using all the interventions available to you in the contact center space, whether that be training, coaching, um, uh, buzz meetings, right? one-on-one -on -one performance reviews, um, the code of conduct, the progressive, progressive, the progressive discipline process, um, all of the different stakeholders in the organization, all of those interventions available to go and influence the outcome. Even if it's changing all the, even if it's changing the seating in your call center area, you're trying to influence the outcome, right? Changing the ergonomics, you're trying to influence the outcome. And so um, that is what you need to do. And then the D stands for um, deliver. How do you deliver when you have, when you put together a plan of action? Now, what is a plan of action? A plan of action isn't a task list. A plan of action is how am I going to deliver on my objectives, the how, right? It is committing to all the uh, actions I set out, the interventions I said I'm going to do to try and influence the outcome. Now, when you have that plan of action, 
you're not always going to hit your target or hit your numbers, hit your KPIs for the day, for the week, for the month. But at least you'll be able to analyze what worked, what did not work, and then revisit that plan and retweak it, right? All the time. So, and therefore, you're then learning about your own leadership style. You're learning about your team, learning about the campaign, all of these things throughout that journey if you follow that leadership principle. Yeah. The other leadership principle I give to my guys throughout their journey is, even when they're when they're agents, is the kid squared one. C-I-D-D. C stands for catch them doing something right. You know as well as I do, it's easy in the call center space to always catch people doing the wrong thing. Right. right. Yeah. But more often than not, we've got to catch them doing something right. And then let them know and let everybody else know what you're letting them, what you're catching them, uh, what you're catching them doing. That's so right. Even if it's just logging on, logging in in time. Right. For your shift. The I stands for inspect what you expect. If you're asking your team to deliver coaching in a certain way, to deliver interactions, calls in a certain way, you've got to go and inspect if they are doing it uh, in that manner. Uh, that your client wants, that your organization wants, right? Um, you can't assume that these things are just taking place or assume that everybody understands the instructions that you've given. So inspect what you expect of your team, of your people. And the first D stands for um, develop your people, which is our primary role as leaders, I believe, right? Your number one role as a leader, the reason you became a leader is to develop people, to turn ordinary people into, to turn, to make ordinary people extraordinary at their roles, at their task, right? So that's your role. So you've got to be coaching. You've got to learn about coaching. You've got to coach effectively. You've got to do call listing. All of these great things in the call center space that you know. And then the final D stands for document everything. If it's not documented, it's not done. Right? And so there's always got to be a record of people's achievements, what people have done well, or the transgressions that take place in the call center, which could ultimately lead to, you know, um, complaints from clients that need to be resolved, et cetera, et cetera. But those are the two principles I give my guys up front, whether they're agents or team leaders or not. And hopefully that's what they take into their roles when they become team leaders. Hey, Clint, your energy and your passion <laughs> is in fact infectious. So, uh, yeah, thank you for sharing time with us on this. But I do think that we should have further discussions about taking, taking your principles, your values, your book, uh, to a much wider audience. And if I can assist with that and, and use my networks, um, I'll gladly endorse and support because this has been one of the most exciting interviews I've done in a long, long time. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate that, Rob. Uh, as you, you see Mike's sort of, um, comments on the LinkedIn post, it's onwards and upwards. So it's, uh, Absolutely. Uh, Thank you for that. That's the result that coming from you. So, um, but Dan, thank you so much. And uh, I'm certainly we're going to pick up more on these discussions uh, going forward into 2024. So uh, Clint, thanks so much for your time. Rod, thank you so much too. And all the best for 2024 to you and your family. Appreciate all the work you've done all the years. Really valuable. It's always a great privilege and a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining this episode. I hope that you enjoyed the content. Please subscribe for more regular industry news and updates. And for more information about the remarkable Corby Speech Analytics solution and how this low-cost technology can significantly improve your contact center's performance and compliance, please email me or visit the Corby website at corby.io or you can find Corby on LinkedIn. And always remember, dial with a smile.